uh, hey, welcome to Hangtime Junior, first uh, one recorded in the new year. Uh, I'm Will Posnan. I'm Max Marcus. And we, uh, we're we just going to talk about some of the stuff from basketball and then some of the stuff from not basketball. Uh, it's weird to talk about basketball when the world's in flames. Yeah, it seems like Australia's been on fire yeah. for over 100 days and we're just like... Uh, yeah, that's it's terrible what's happening there. That's really yeah, it's sad. really bad. Um, I get I don't people if they want to they should send. I guess money's the best thing you can send. And then there's uh there's one Twitter uh, I saw articles about where it's this like uh, influencer, and if yeah. you can prove that you've donated money to Australia, she'll send you nudes. Oh yeah, I think a lot of uh, porn people are doing that. Of very so you know all across the gender spectrum. So anybody who's attracted to any kind of person can get nudes for donating to Australia. You know what's really sad is it's like it's millions of animals, and I want to see a breakdown in the animals because I want to know how many of it is the animals I care about. Like I don't care about Australian snakes, and I yeah. don't think people should. They don't care about you. They're all poisonous. If the even Australians hate their snakes, but. Koalas, Koalas all the are getting hit. Yeah, platypi. When there's just like kangaroos. kangaroos. I don't know how hard they're getting hit, but I think it's been like half a billion. Well, kangaroos are fighters. They, yeah, you know, that's but true. That's really, that's really sad. It's everybody's favorite animals. Australia has, Australia has most of the best. Pound for pound, they definitely have the best animals. Maybe you could say Africa has the best if you're going per cat or like overall. No, yeah. I think Australia is the best. But area. there's so much more of Africa. Australia is just such more of a condensed, so many cool animals in yeah, one place. And the people there, I know some people, uh, I watched on the news, like the lady was saying that they feel abandoned by their government because their government, they have a guy who's like on the Trump model of like, oh, I'm just a big ego type guy. And uh, their infrastructure has, I guess, or was not at the level it was supposed to be. And he's not doing a good job to assuage people's concerns. So, yeah, they have the best animals pound for pound. They have great people. I actually I have some friends in Australia. I like Australians overall. Yeah. Usually yeah. I can't drink with them, no. but I like them. Yeah, I can. I feel like every Australian person I've met has yeah. been pretty cool. And they generally value their nature. Like they got the yeah. Great Barrier Reef. They love their nature. And their nature is pretty great. Uh, yeah, it's a shame. That's really sad. And then, yeah, we'll talk about the Ron stuff later. If we, Yeah, let's talk, let's talk about some basketball. Yeah, I was at, uh, over Christmas, my family and I went to the, uh, the Sixers-Bucks game. Yeah. It was really fun. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, I really wanted to see Giannis in person because it's like... did he? Does he feel different than everyone else in person? He did not have the best game yeah, when I was there. He was frustrated. But I think, he still had, I think he still had a triple-double. Oh, no, he might have not actually got yeah. one. But he, he got only like 18 points and like maybe game. 12 rebounds. Wow. He which for anyone now. else is like, oh, <laughs> yeah. that's really good for him. It's like, that was awful. But he wasn't the best player on the court. I was watching that on TV. Joel and Embiid, Embiid was. Embiid, yeah. Embiid destroyed. Embiid is the best player talent-wise in that whole conference. Giannis is by far the hardest work. It's like T-Mac and Kobe all over again. Yeah. It's like, yeah, look, if you were... T-Mac was more talented than Kobe. Kobe worked way harder. Working harder is the most important skill. Like, it just is. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Chris Paul, JJ Reddick, Steve Nash have attainable body types. Yeah. Like a lot of people 
not all of them, a lot, but some people, can, a lot of people that aren't in the NBA can get to that body type. Working hard is the most valuable skill in basketball. And, uh, you know, Kobe worked harder than T-Mac. Giannis is working harder than everybody in the NBA. Like, he started playing basketball like eight years ago. This is insane. It's insane how much better. Is he playing tonight? No, none, neither of them are playing tonight. Okay. Well, another hardworking guy who doesn't get enough credit is James Harden, who is also not playing tonight. I thought he was. Who? N- oh, I'll give credit to Pascal Siakam. Another very, very hardworking guy is playing uh, the Trailblazers, Raptors Trailblazers tonight. That's the game I would watch tonight. The Trailblazers yeah, like are coming the back. Uh, they're listed as the two-and-a-half-point underdog on Bovada. But, I mean, I think that the Trailblazers have been playing great uh, recently. I, they're, they're incorporating Carmelo even though they shouldn't. They sh- I don't know, man. I don't know if the Trailblazers can win the championship this year, even if everything goes perfectly for them. Well, I mean, right now, I think they're they're trying to just get in the playoffs. Yeah, but once they get in, their goals are going to be championship because it's Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum's prime, and those are your two best players in their absolute prime. But the problem is that Carmelo is not going to... That's the way they are incorporating him, where it's so Carmelo-centric and all about enabling him that is not going to get to a championship they need to be dame centric to get to a championship with the occasional cj or carmelo game but that's not what they want to do they want i mean that team is known around the league as one of the most fun spots to be and uh it's because they're all nice to each other and sometimes you need a little bit of kobe coldness and ego and teardom to for things to work as well as they can do you think I just thought of this in terms of, uh, you know, trade deadlines coming up. The big name right now that's on the move is uh, potentially Andre Drummond. Yeah. What would you think of Drummond on the Trailblazers? Does he does yeah. he give them what they need? I mean, that's he, a that's he, a scary big three. So he does, but I mean, when Nurkic comes back, that also kind of if Nurkic comes back fully healthy. So if you're giving up drum, if you're trading Drummond for Whiteside and then Anthony Simmons, who they should have traded at the beginning of the season when his stock was high. Uh, if you're give, if you're trading those two for Andre Drummond, then you're upgrading. But the issue is that their offense can only come from three places, and two of those places are not as pass-centric as you would like for your lead. Like, if you look at all the lead uh, creators in the NBA, Harden, Giannis... Durant, LeBron, all of them, the thing they all have in common is they can all, they all know the perfect guy to pass to. And Dame and CJ do, but Carmelo is not that. So they're going to, other teams are going to probably try to force them to play through Melo. I don't know. You think that's, are you considering that's even if they have Drummond? Yeah, Drummond doesn't create his own offense. Drummond, that's true. Uh, he, rebounds offensively at a crazy rate and he also uh, rebounds everywhere at a crazy rate he's an amazing rebounder and a he's a decent sol- passer for decent passer first position i mean yeah but he's not like a center that you can play through like Embiid, you can play no you're not gonna play through run him. the offense through Embiid. you can even run an offense through steven adams if you need to if you need to he'll get it to the right guy but you can't really run it through andre drummond you 
I mean, you can definitely run it through CJ or Dame very effectively. Yeah, so but, that's where it would be through. That's. But neither of those guys is physically imposing. So if the other team is an elite defender, like you would have thought, I mean, you would have thought that last year the Thunder would have been able to beat them by putting Paul George on Dame. But then they kind of ran things through CJ and were able to work around it. But if you have two wing defenders, you it's good to have that third creator if you're going against two wing defenders. And a lot of the teams that the Blazers will have to beat do have solid wing defenders. That's true. Like the Nuggets do. The Clippers definitely do. And, uh, I mean, the Lakers are pretty solid there too. So it's going to be hard for... I mean, I would love to see the Trailblazers really make a run. Like, the Trailblazers have been a great team the last five years, but they haven't ever really beaten somebody in an upset. They haven't really ever had a crazy upset. Like, last year was a great run, but all the teams they beat, you go, oh, I can see how they beat the Thunder. I mean, I picked the Thunder to beat them because I was a dope, but... Yeah, and then when they played the Nuggets, you felt like they were going to beat the Nuggets exactly that way, that the Nuggets were going to be really, really interesting and competitive, but at the end, it would be an experience thing. But then they didn't even take a game from the Warriors, and you just want to see... You want to see Damian Lillard scare a team that wasn't expecting uh, him to scare them, because Damian Lillard is a guy who could go for 50 in a playoff game. Like, There's no way to slow him down when he's when he's on target. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I feel like that's been one of the big enigmas of the year. And we've talked about them a lot. Just the trailblazers and how they should be better. Well, the Sixers are the other one. And I still have no concern over the Sixers. None. Yeah. I mean, they match up well, I think, against, because no one has an answer for Embiid, really. Yeah. Embiid is the, uh, Embiid is the thing that matters for them. Like, (coughs) they just need to, once the playoffs start, really hammer home that they have the best guy near the basket on every play. Like, Embiid can do Shaq things when he's fully enabled. Um, and that's what they should be doing. And they should kind of play through Horford. Kind, They should kind of look... Yeah, I'm not going to say kind of. They should look at that Spurs team with David Robinson and Tim Duncan and look at Horford and uh, Embiid as the, those are the two. We're going to put Embiid in the Duncan role. We're going to put Horford in the David Robinson role. And we're going to play through our bigs and we're going to bully people. And yeah, it might not be as efficient, but there's an inefficiency that we're taking advantage of, which is that nobody thinks to guard this kind of style anymore because nobody plays this way. But we have all the tools to play this way. And, you know, we have... uh, we have our own Avery Johnson and our own Sean Elliott, and we can do all of those things and fill out those spots and just really beat up on people in a bully finesse kind of way. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> One thing, though, I mean, just this is off topic, but I was thinking this is also about the Spurs. I do think they're still a dark horse to make the make a playoff, not a run, yeah, but I, I think, think they so. could. I think they could get in there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. The West is so good. I think the Kings. The Kings just make dumb mistake after dumb mistake. They blew a game against the Pelicans, like dumb mistakes. But I still think the Kings are the most talented of those, especially if the Wolves are going to tank. Are the Wolves still uh, just bottoming out? That's brutal, man. They were like impressive and focused for a while. But yeah, the Wolves have 
they were fun to watch too. Like it all looks so sustainable. I don't know what what's wrong with the Wolves. I mean, they started their losing streak before uh, Towns even went down. So you can't even say, well, they're missing their... I mean, they did lose a lot once Towns was down. Let's see where what the West looks like right now. I mean, the East, everybody... It's uh, Right now, the West is Lakers, Nuggets, Rockets, Clippers, Jazz, Mavs, Thunder, Spurs. Yeah. And then you have the Grizzlies and then the Trailblazers, and then the Timberwolves. Yeah, I mean, it would shock me down. if the Grizzlies got in. I, think I don't think the, the Trailblazers are better than the Spurs, for sure. But I think that also... I think the Spurs are just, like, so well-coached that I think it's just... he can. I think he can do a lot. I think Pop can do a lot with I a little. I guess the Thunder are going to just keep Chris Paul and make the playoffs. That's crazy to me that the Thunder would even want to do that. I mean, it's going to slow down their rebuild. I guess, I mean, I guess... But they have so many team, picks. They have so many picks yeah. and pieces that they can just they can probably trade up whenever. But that's true. That'll be interesting. If the Thunder do this, if they build through the draft while fielding a consistent playoff team, that'll never have been done before. That's crazy. I don't think people realize and also, how unprecedented that is. They might just go for it and be like, I mean, they're having success. They they also have Chris Paul for a while. Yeah, and you know he'll. But he's probably... only going to get more untradeable. You don't trade him this year. You really think you're going to trade him next year? Well, the thing is, after a certain point, he's a big expiring contract. That if someone's trying to get off, I guess a player but, that's not working with Marcus them. Marcus Hall's an expiring contract, and he hasn't been worth anything this year. Yeah, I mean, unless the Raptors are going, oh, we value this expiring. But who are the Raptors going to sign? I mean, yeah, who's Bradley Beal's under contract? Who's going to choose to play to Toronto. What kind of NBA player that's becoming a free agent is the a Toronto kind of person? Like can you see Andre Drummond in Toronto? He's probably the best free agent. Maybe maybe he's the I don't know, man. He seems like a guy who wants to stay in the US. Well, another game tonight, if anyone yeah. if anyone cared uh, the day we <laughs> recorded this is going to be Detroit Pistons versus uh, Cleveland. Yeah, That's well, pretty interesting. Oh, Andre Drummond and Kevin Love, two of the most tradable guys. Yeah, and they have uh, they have Cavaliers plus uh, three point five. If I'm the Blazers, I'd rather have Kevin Love. I think, I think so he too. Fixes a lot of things with, especially if you let if you let the team play through him, he can really pass. You you should put him on the Blazers and also make him the focal point of the offense, kind of like Gordon Hayward, where he's not the most talented person on the team, but he's still the spark on the offense. Like the he still decides, like he organizes the offense. You don't need your most talent. I mean, the most talented guy on the on the Thunder is SGA. It's not Chris Paul. If you're going by, yeah, current the current manifestation yeah, of, of talent, because all yeah. of Chris Paul's talent is hampered by his limited physical capacity even though he's still he's playing great this year better than i thought he'd be playing yeah i mean he's he's an all-time great but that doesn't mean he's still at that level right yeah, now he's not at that level now i uh, mean his height at his height he was one of the definitely one of the 10 best point guards of all time yeah yeah that's so weird that we're gonna have to remember steph curry is the best point guard of this era he is yeah it's weird of the last decade because he's not representative of the style of play for point guards. I mean, him and Damian Lillard played that way, but most point guards this era played like Harden or Kyrie or uh, I don't know. Well, he he changed John it. Wall, kinda. Steph Curry changed the way uh, like centers play. He's uh, 
like Steph Curry plays off ball. Yeah, Steph Curry and Draymond Green, people aren't going to realize how much they complement each other until it happens the exact same way. Like, that's exactly what you want. You want your center who can play a little point guard and your point guard who can play a little center. Like, the, the Bucks should be doing everything they can to try to get a, a Draymond type. Or no, to try to get a Steph Curry type because it would so perfectly complement. If you could have Giannis be, you know, Draymond squared, and then you could get like that's why Malcolm Brogdon was the perfect fit for them and was the worst guy for them to lose of all of those guys. Yeah, they should have. I think I think they should have kept him over um, Bledsoe. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Yeah, I mean, if I was, I don't know who I would target. If if I was the Bucks, I might trade ev- all my assets for Trey Young. That's the move right there. They, if you gave the Hawks I don't know if two first round picks, Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton, for Trey Young and maybe you go John Collins. I don't know who else you want. Maybe you say Trey Young, Cam Reddish, and DeAndre Hunter. Yeah, I don't think that puts Atlanta in a better position though. But they get the draft picks. They get the draft. Knowledge that you're giving up less. Maybe they can flip. Eric Bledsoe or Chris Middleton for value? I don't know. Yeah, I think But they I think I think you want. I want if you're <laughs> is if Trae you're Young if, untradeable? You would need someone. Well, you here's need the to thing. Trade a star for him? Here's the thing. They traded Luka to get him. So I feel like Yeah, so it's admitting a mistake. I mean, they never should have traded Luka. They shouldn't him. have, but I think um Trey Young is a lot more valuable to the Bucks than he is to the Hawks. Trey Young I mean, maybe you make it a three-team trade and give the the Hawks as much draft picks as possible. But right now, you get the Thunder involved. None with of that. their wings are panning out. If you can't get your wings to pan out on the Hawks, then you're. Not, I mean, it's not going to matter, Trey Young or no Trey Young. It's not going to be enough. Yeah, that's true. I feel like they still see him as the centerpiece of their franchise. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, none of what they have around him is enough. No. You literally need. Steph Curry level teammates for a shot at being good with Trey Young as your best player. Because Trey Young's not as good as Steph Curry. And he never will be. He'll be almost as good. At best, he might be to Steph Curry what John Wall is to Russell Westbrook, where he's almost as good at everything, but not as good at any one thing. Mm-hmm. So that's what Trey Young might be for Steph Curry at his best. So you're going to need exemplary talent everywhere else. And I like John Collins. I like Kevin Horder. I like Cam Reddish. I like DeAndre Hunter. I don't really like Cam Reddish. I want to. I want to see something where I would like him. But none of those guys have, like, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green are Hall of Famers. That's what you need around Trey for him to be successful. Mm-hmm. None of those guys are on anything close to those that trajectory of Draymond Green, Kevin Durant. I didn't even say Kevin Durant. Uh, Kevin Durant or Clay Thompson. So, yeah, he, Trey Young is a lot more valuable to the Bucks than he is to the Hawks. Yeah. So free Trey Young, and I don't even, you know, who they should trade for is somebody like Lonzo. Lonzo is a guy who could really benefit the Hawks. I'm saying should trade for Lonzo. Not yeah. To, if they want to keep Trey Young, they need a guy who complements his skill set. Yeah. <laughs> Max, what do you think? I think I'm ranting a lot yeah i think um i mean obviously that would be great for the bucks i still don't think the i don't do think it. i don't think the hawks are gonna they might do it at some point but not yet i don't think 
I don't think they would do the move. What before. do they think they're doing? Oh, I have no idea what they think they're doing. I I think they what they th- thought they were doing is trying to do mimic the Warriors and have this guy yeah. be like the centerpiece. It's not working, but well, the problem is is that the Warriors are a bunch of Ferraris and they have Ford Mustangs at every position, and they could have. You can have a championship team with some Ford Mustangs. Yeah, you know, like that's what the Lakers are doing. The Lakers have three Ford Mustangs and two Bugattis. Yeah, as their starting five, but. If you're doing that Warriors model, you have to hit at ev- at least at three or four of the five spots. And they've hit at one, and there's no way for them. But the problem is they've half hit everywhere else, so they're just going to be a bad playoff team for the next— because these are their young guys. So they're going to be a bad playoff team for the next 15 years. Does anybody want to be the eighth seed for 15 years? Yeah, no. So you got to flip something. you got to either bottom out more— or you, I mean, really, it's so much easier for them to bottom out more than to bottom out less. That's true. I think they want to. I think people might also try to copy actually the Nets model, where yeah. like they were doing really bad, but they, they, yeah. they still tried very hard. I think that's one of the things is that you lose. I think that's the trade off. Why'd the Nets model work though? I think because of how fun they were, even though it seemed like they had like a bleak future, and I, how it just wor- they like worked together and like exceeded expectations and i'm gonna give you three reasons why i think it worked okay reason number one karis levert yeah so karis levert makes uh d'angelo russell walk awayable because the team still has somebody young and exciting so d'angelo russell can potentially walk away and you can just bank on that cap space and hope that someone shows up. And if nobody shows up, you're still okay. Because of Karis LeVert, you can sell some tickets. So that's reason number one. But that's the least important of the three. So that's third. Second reason, Kyrie's from Brooklyn. So, or he's from New Jersey. He's from, Jersey, he's from but Jersey, but he, he grew up a Nets fan. He, yeah, he liked the so Nets. So he grew up a Nets fan. So Kyrie, because Kyrie's a weirdo, he's the one basketball player that would go maybe... Like where that's a big factor for him is the homecoming aspect of it. It doesn't really get talked about enough. Like that was a big deal for him. Durant probably preferred the Knicks, but it was a big deal for Kyrie that Kyrie uh, that it was the Nets. So that fact, and then the last is the Kyrie KD wanting to play together. KD was going wherever Kyrie went, wherever because KD looks at basketball like it's like a chef. It's like I want the right ingredients, the right restaurant, the right like it's it's just different than anybody's looked at basketball really. It's like I want to create the most beautiful basketball. It's not even about championships. It's like there's a real artistry to what he does. I mean, he's winning championships, but he's trying to create the most beautiful, efficient, unbelievable basketball imaginable. And he wanted to see he wanted to work Kyrie into his into his tapestry and uh that's what happens. So that's why the Nets have a situation that the Hawks cannot recreate because there's nobody who grew up dreaming of being a Hawk because the Hawks haven't been good since Dominique was. I mean, there was the Al Horford, Josh Smith years, but I mean, if you go to Atlanta, you're surprised at how little Hawks fans there are because everybody loves basketball, like across the South, really like in, it's weird in new Orleans too. Like new Orleans, I lived there six years. We love basketball, 
but there's not enough. Like we love playing basketball, but there's not enough Pelicans fandom. But there's people playing basketball all the time. So Hawks, yeah, they don't have the same kind of a fan base that even the Nets had, and they don't have. Wow. So I just don't think it works. The the Nets business model. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking that it it's just that you can like bottom out and go for draft picks, but if you like still try to do as well as you can, people might want to play there more. Because people don't want to go to a place that always feels like is bottoming out. Yeah. I guess. Uh, I mean, the Lakers bottomed out and they got people. People don't want to play for the Knicks, but that's a little different than just the bottoming out thing. Yeah, that's because they're whatever. Yeah. Dolan stuff. Dolan stuff, exactly. And yeah. But the Lakers the Lakers are the biggest one. That's, that's where people just want to play because that's yeah. where the greatest have played. I don't know if there's anywhere else people want to play as much. I mean, the most chosen free us, free de- uh, agent destination of last year was the Clippers, was chosen by the most high profile, the prince of the NBA, Kawhi Leonard, chose yeah. the Clippers, and they bottomed out for my entire childhood. So people didn't hold it against them. I mean, they haven't bottomed out They were out trying, they, but in the recent years leading up to it, and Balmer was turning stuff around. Yeah. I'm not, it's, I don't think it's about, with what I'm saying, it's not about like the whole, you don't need to look over the decade if you're I just looking the at the last I love the Clippers fans who act like Donald Sterling wasn't the guy carrying the torch for the team for 97%. Like, they just became Clippers fans like the day Sterling left, and yeah. they just ignore that entire part of their history. Yeah, like that's still your team. Even if you didn't start rooting for them until, you know, Chris Paul and Blake, you still have to acknowledge that that was your team. You can't just pretend that you have no affiliation to Donald Sterling. It's like if you're a Wizards fan, okay, Gilbert Arenas is your guy. I mean, Donald Sterling doesn't have to be your guy if you're a Clippers fan, but you have to acknowledge that he uh, he is the Montgomery Burns of your city. At least you got to acknowledge that. Or at least he was for 90 years. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, <laughs> I think people don't put as much stock into who the owner is. I don't know how many people would have even been thinking of Donald Sterling if it wasn't for... What he did? Yeah, I think that's what put him on the map. Because, like... Yeah. Are they playing tonight? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Um, yeah, they've... We were talking about the Nets, though. They're playing the Thunder tonight at uh, 7.30. What's the line on that? On uh, on the Nets, they have them plus 1.5. Okay, so Bavada has them plus 1.5. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think that they'll lose. So, But I think they'll lose by more than that. That's that's actually an interesting an interesting matchup. Just Thunder like, Nets? Yeah. It's like one's like kind of going the opposite way, but is like doing better. Dude, it's so weird that the Thunder are even trying to be good. But I guess they're going to pull this off. I think the Thunder are going to pull this off of being the first team to ever have like, you know, three guys who could be on the all-rookie team while also fielding a playoff team. Yeah. I also think maybe because there was so much turnover in the offseason – People, because there hasn't been as many trades as usual. I think because like forty there needs to be some. There's some there needs to be some. But I think NBA. because it's there's like problem. forty. I think because like forty percent of the league swap teams. I think everyone's still kind of like, okay, what do we have? We went through all this to get these people. We don't want to do. How about these Kevin deals. Love having breakdowns on the court because he's so frustrated that he's still there? How have, and now the Cavs have said they'll help trade him. The Cavs yeah. are playing tonight, right? Yeah, the Cavs are also Dude, that playing is such tonight. A weird scenario. Let's talk about that situation. That's so weird. Yeah, I. Uh, well, I, as you know, I've been writing for um, 
yeah. uh, this new NBA satire blog, and the editor was like, "Who wants to do a Kevin Love thing?" It was just like, "Cavs are Cavs are plus one forty five against the Pistons on Bovada." Did yeah. You, okay, so your editor says Kevin Love thing, and you're like, "Oh, I'll do it." <laughs> it's I didn't have. I was in the middle of writing something else, so I didn't do it. But it's just it's so there that it's like it's the it's what they want. It's what people want right now. Yeah. And well, it's just because. You could have seen this happening when he signed a five-year extension, that they weren't going to be good. And he Beal doesn't realize he's in the exact same situation. The Wizards are not going to do enough to trade him. I don't know. Right now, Beal seems to think he can be a playoff team by himself. I don't know, man. I mean, they need to build around. If they're building around Beal and Hachimura, they need to trade everybody else competent because they need to draft more high-end talent. They need to really bottom out. But if they're going to... You know, just try to be okay. Then they need to trade Beal and let him be somewhere where he can. It's a weird thing, but Beal's too good to miss the playoffs. Yeah, and it's just a waste of him on Washington. And there's so many teams that would need someone like him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, if it were me, I'd I'd trade for him. Uh, if I was the Mavericks or if I was uh, a lot of these teams that are on the lower end of the playoff picture. The Nuggets are the ones on the higher end who I think Beal makes them a contender, but yeah. I think uh, I think the place where I be, uh, people have talked about this, but if uh, you could get Beal over to Miami with uh, yeah. Jimmy Butler, that's a crazy that's, that would be complimentary, and that's that becomes another one of those like you do Beal for Drogic. Out of bio and here, but Miami loves Hero. They're not going to trade Hero even I, though they should. They would probably trade Hero before Bam. I think they trade Bam for it. They love Hero because he's like a perfect Pat Riley kind of guy. Just like a guy who's not from Miami who always belonged in Miami. Just like a guy from Wisconsin who hates Wisconsin. I mean, Bam would be good. A good get for the Wizards. But you'd have to throw in a lot of draft picks to make that worth it. I mean, you would think that the Nuggets would be able to give up more for Beal than... Also, if I'm... Oh, yeah, Gary the, Harris, you can send over. Yeah, and Michael Porter Jr. and really any of those assets that the Wizards might want. But uh, if I'm one of those teams that doesn't have the best free agent destination, I really want to trade for Beal because Beal's a guy who just cares about winning basketball. Like if you're Utah, you trade for Beal, he'll never ask out. He'll just and he would fix Utah's a team that I think should really give up as much as the. The, you know, you do like Dante Exum and then as much as the Wizards want in terms of draft picks because the Utah, I don't know what they're doing. Like, I thought they wanted to be a championship contender and they seem way too content at seven. Like, they haven't made any trades. They, I don't know if they're... Which team? They're Utah, the Jazz. Oh, they're yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of gun shy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they need to get rid of Mike Conley. Do you think... I mean, that probably wouldn't happen. Well, the, the thing would be to flip Conley for Paul, but... They don't want to do that. I mean, I don't think the Thunder want to do it at this point. No, I the think the only advantage would be that Conley's contract expires. That's the only advantage. I think the Thunder's really just being like, let's have uh, Chris Paul be the star. Let's have Chris Paul be like the ultimate mentor. Like, get us into the playoffs. Yeah. Like, let the young guys see what it is. Get Shea in the playoffs. Chris Paul's been weirdly content to do that. Like, Chris Paul seemed like the type of guy where, if at the beginning of the year you said, "Hey, what if you?" Uh, do you want to go into this year knowing you'll, you're guaranteed not to win a ring? He go, I would rather sit out the year, but I don't know. I mean, they're not going to win a ring. He must know. It would be crazy to me if Chris Ball thought this team could win a championship. But yeah. he's not asking out. He's content to you know lose in the first round of the playoffs. 
Like the Clippers would smoke this team and make this team's life miserable in a playoff series. Mm-hmm. I mean, this team maybe could upset the Nuggets if everything broke perfectly. The Lakers are beating them 10 times out of 10, maybe nine times out of 10. I don't know. Even the Rockets, I think, would beat up this team and make Chris Paul's life miserable. But that's going to be what happens for him unless he he hasn't even hinted that he wants a trade no weird no he's been he's been good there it is it is weird and the thing is they have so it's not just him they have a lot of pieces they can uh yeah they can trade uh you would think that they might just be waiting for the offseason they might just really be curious like what can we do yeah right now yeah but there's teams that need gallinari like gallinari is a guy the bucks could really i don't know I guess I would trade Bledsoe for Gallinari. The weird thing is Bledsoe's played great the regular season. Yeah, you, maybe you trade Ilya Sova, and I don't know. If you can make the contracts work, I mean, Gallinari's the guy where if he gets bought out, that's another guy that the Bucks need someone like that. He won't get bought. He's too He's too much of a good trade asset. Yeah. What's his con? Is he, he must have more years on yeah, his contract. Yeah, he won't get though. bought out because they're a playoff team, and why would you buy him out when he's a key to them being a playoff team? But that's the thing. The Thunder have all these guys – that are necessary to other teams, but they're they're gonna just keep them creeping into the playoffs and get smacked out in the playoffs, and that's what they want to do. Yeah, I mean, is it that much worse? How much worse is it to be the uh, the eighth versus the ninth seed? You're not getting a great draft pick necessarily with if either. If you're the ninth seed, uh, maybe now because they've changed it. And but it's the like, key is they could get real value. Like you, okay, you say you can't get a real draft pick. You could get Lonzo Ball for – well, not for Danilo Gallinari because they're not trying to be a playoff team. But let's say, okay, you could easily get – you could easily get Mo Bamba and whatever contract you wanted off Orlando for Danilo Gallinari. Maybe Mo Bamba turns into a star. Like there's these guys around the league uh, on the benches. I mean – if you wanted Anthony Simons, you could get Anthony Simons very easily. Like any of these guys who are maybe going to be great, mm-hmm. that's who you you should be targeting if you're the Thunder and you're going to build around SGA because, you know, Gallinari and Chris Paul, as good as they are this year, they're going to mm-hmm. be worse next year. Yeah. So are you saying that next year you're going to be the 10 seed and SGA? And SGA is not good enough to be the best player on the championship team, but he's good enough to be the co-best player. If you had a guy exactly as good as him and he maximizes his potential. Yeah. Yeah, like maybe his best case scenario is like Jason Kidd or something like that. I think they just want Shea to get a taste of the Oh, has well I guess he's done the playoffs already. He was with the Clippers. Yeah. So I guess. I mean he this they, last I, year was the first year he had really real playing time. And yeah, they did the they made the playoffs last year. He, he, he might he might want some they might want to like get him a little more battle ready there. And then I think in the offseason, you could see both those guys gone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know who... You I know. could also see them use it once they know how all the all the draft picks fall. That's when I think they would dangle uh, Gallinari to be like... I mean, if I was them, I would look at trading Gallinari to the Bucks for, like, DiVincenzo and those other rookies who are good but not... Or, like, young players who are good but not getting a lot of playing time. Like, those guys, even something like that, to me, there's value because I don't like the young players on the Thunder. Like, I don't know. I don't like Diallo. I don't like uh, Ferguson. I don't – I think that they need, uh, I mean, just something else. 
Lefty. I mean, I would. Tr- I think there's young guys on the Suns who, like, if I could trade Gallinari in a package where I get back Dario Sarge, like, I would love Dario Sarge if I was the Thunder more so than having Gallinari and then next year's a little worse than the next year's. I mean, or you. I don't. Yeah, Gallinari but I don't know how much go. better Sarge gets. And then I think he's, if he's not as good, he's not as strong of a. Yeah, well, then, ship but then trade. you bottom out and then you get a better draft pick too that's the other that's side. true but they have so many draft picks maybe they don't need to maybe the thunder are gonna do this with i think they have good. so many i think they have so many draft picks yeah and for years that even they and they can bet on like these other teams like oh well maybe they'll bottom out and yeah. then they're uh i think they're in a really good position and i think why not hit the playoffs if you can yeah, I guess I just want to see guys like Adams, Gallinari, and Chris Paul in games that matter, but I guess they just won't be, and that's okay. Yeah, or they will be next season. Yeah, next season. Better times. Well, yeah. speaking of, I think that uh, we should probably wrap up. Yeah, this all... I mean, this is uh, this is uh, this is not going to be close, but it might be an interesting game. Uh, Knicks versus Lakers. Oh yeah. Uh, Knicks are plus twelve. Knicks have Knicks have been winning a few games recently. Yeah. They've been a little frisky. I mean, they're not a good team. Uh, no. Yeah, I think the another Lakers, another team. I don't though, think the with, Lakers will beat them by twelve. I think I would bet on the Knicks to lose by six or seven. But yeah, what, what's another good team? And that's on Bavada. Oh, they're not a good team. I'm saying that the Knicks uh, have good uh, trade pieces. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't have anybody. I mean, yeah. I don't the Knicks don't want to be good though. Uh Yeah, but maybe they so can get maybe they can get a pick for um Julius Randle. Yeah, I, if I were the Knicks, I would start trading some of the guys like yeah. Honestly, I I on if they just the two players on the team that I would keep right now on the Knicks and the only two I can think of is um Barrett because they just got him and Mitchell Robinson and Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson's fun too. Uh, Kevin I think, Knox is great. I w- I think Kevin Knox is gonna. Kevin be Knox great is good. I would try. I would. I'd still flip Bruno. him. I'd still flip him and see what else you can get. Yeah. Well, if I was the Thunder, I would definitely trade. I mean. Oh yeah, he'd be cool on the Thunder. Yeah. You just. He's gonna be a guy if he's in the right system. If I was the Spurs, man, that's who I would want. If uh, it's weird that the Spurs and Thunder are the seven and eight seeds because they'll get smoked in the playoffs if they make it, and yeah, I guess. But I guess I my thing with the Spurs it. is I just want them there just because I like history being made and I just want to pop to get into so another crazy. decade. I just want him to get to another decade. He's gonna probably retire soon. With this team, if they beat out teams like the Thunder and well, not even the, if they beat out teams like the Wolves and the Blazers and the kings that are just more talented than them that's i mean it'll be impressive because like lamarcus aldridge is very very seasoned and demar Derozan is i mean he's great he's not as good as carl anthony towns if that's your best player by far and you're making the playoffs I mean that is impressive. Yeah, it's it's, it's good. And, and they have Murray some. And White have been up and they down. have some good young guards. Yeah, but they've been up and down. It's it's very impressive. Every time I watch the Spurs win, I I don't know how they did it. Here's uh, I sent you this over the break. I guess you were in London. Yes, I was in London for the break. So this was this is what I um over over Christmas what I thought uh the the uh, the Western playoffs would look like. Yeah. And I might change one of these, but I think I think this is pretty close. To what I I would stick with uh, the Lakers, Clippers, Rockets, Nuggets, Mavs, Jazz, 
Blazers, Spurs. I mean, you might look that might look very uh, what's the word that it's it might come to fruition. We might see. All right, well, you know, uh, that's I, I think, now might put Thunder in there instead of Trailblazers, honestly. But I don't, I don't know. I think the Trailblazers want it more, and I do yeah. think adventure. I think there's still a lot of season left, so I that my thinking was that yeah, they're doing good now, but they could still make Trailblazers the trade. Trailblazers need it. A lot of these teams don't need it. Need it like they're, they're Spurs don't need it. Need, Spurs have nothing to prove. Yeah, and are not and are would just be like overperforming and getting swept. It. So we'll see. The Blazers need more than just getting into the playoffs. They need to upset somebody. But uh, yeah, so I was in London. Uh, it's weird coming back here because uh, we said we talked about the Iran stuff a little. Let's talk about it a little, and then that'll be that for this week. But. Uh, it's very strange because how was it over? The, what was the vibe over there? Because were you there when the Rand stuff happened? No, or I was back. Okay, I, I wasn't there when it happened. But the vibe around Trump over there is very strange because they have their own guy, Boris Johnson. Yeah, and they feel really. I mean, there's a lot of tension. They have a very similar tension to what we have. It's, it's, uh, and I don't think it's everywhere. I think it's us in the UK and Australia and Brazil and a few places that have this like. Trumpitis thing, like this disease. Yeah, I mean, there are people that are really into it. I think there's more people though that are like, "Yo, this is exhausting and it's not very scary." Good. And it's yeah, it's, I could see, I could see a lot of it. Just runs contrary to people treating each other nice. Yeah, uh, and with the Iran stuff, it's scary to me because I just think that at the tops of our government we have just infrastructure that thrives off conflict so the conflict will actually reward them uh and i don't think that there's any my whole thing is if iran doesn't attack us why would we go to war we're gonna declare war on them because we attacked them we assassinated their guy i mean our and i don't like people are now saying that he was like behind benghazi and i feel like that's probably not true because i've looked into it and yeah. it just seems like well, um, if you looked into it. That's enough for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Um, but yeah, so do you? I mean, do you think that? What do you think of the bounty being placed on his head? I mean, it's interesting. What I've heard was that it's not an official bounty. Yeah. Really, it was someone was saying hypothetically, like you know, if every citizen of Iran just put in one dollar, we could we could get eighty million dollars to put on Whatever, his head, right? and I it's mean, like that's that's a, that's a very different that's a very different thing being said than yeah, that's goofy. Ah, oh, that's I hate when people try to wield other people's words out of context. That's so goofy. Yeah, you hear what George Lopez said? Yeah, it was funny. That's so funny. Anybody well, who's mad at George Lopez is a dweeb. You're mad at George Lopez. This is saying um, I really like uh the comedian Tim Dillon. Yeah. I think he's really funny. He tweeted something about Ricky Gervais, though. What do you say? He was saying he was in support of him, obviously. Yeah. Um, but he was saying that it's funny that the same people who were like, uh, he's like was comparing it to Michelle Wolf and her correspondence there. It's like, oh, one side conditioned out, but not take it. Yeah. But that's not really what it was. Cause, no, you don't think so? No, because Michelle went after Republicans, Democrats, and journalists really hard. And yeah. he and Ricky Gervais Which went after Democrat just. Democrat politician did she really go after? She went after Republicans really hard, and it made sense because they were the ones. They're in the power ones in power at that moment. I think she yeah. was just talking about like how wimpy Democrats are oh, and how enough. bad yeah, yeah, how okay. bad they are at winning. Got that it. That kind of stuff. Fair enough. So she wasn't attacking Kinda like easy. a specific. I mean, they just lost. Yeah. I mean, she attacked. She attacked Trump for being a petulant child, and she called various people in the administration a liar, and 
you know, yeah, she well, really disparaged the, them, and rightfully so. Rightfully so, and that's what the event's for. It's for attacking who's in power. Sure. Um, okay, so fair and, enough. And journalists. She re- she went after harder than journalists. Her new special's amazing. Her new special's amazing. So but then good. Ricky Gervais also wasn't really going... So she. I wouldn't say she was going after exclusively conservatives, and I wouldn't say that... He was going after exclusively Democrats. No, I think yeah, he was he going went, after, like... He even tweeted about it. He um, went after Apple, which was... You yeah, know, he was like, since when was attacking, like, corporate... Well, this was Ricky Gervais things. He thought it was funny because everyone's calling him right wing. And he goes, since when was attacking um like corporations, corporations and rich people like right wing? That's crazy. And he's just like, if anything, that's where people are weird is people think like that's so right wing. It's like, no, that's actually like more, you're like more yeah. right wing. Like that's actually a left wing thing yeah. is a very liberal thing. Yeah, yeah. it's that's a very leftist thing. They're trying to flip it on us with Star Wars. That's why uh, on Potterhood, I was like. I'm just a little apprehensive over the commercialization of Harry Potter because when you have these things like Harry Potter and Star Wars that everybody loves, they get wielded politically in weird ways. Star Wars also, the point was, George Lucas went into it being like, dude, I'm going to make so many toys. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I didn't even know that. He went in like the original, um, in the original like contract he signed, it was that he got exclusive toy rights. What a genius. And the, the movie's, studio was like yeah sure whatever dude Hilarious. who cares about toys oh, so we're making movies he should have kept it he sold it for a billion he got shortchanged yeah i don't know though i don't they could have kept making more stuff i don't know if he was going to get another trilogy funded or if he had it in him or wanted to maybe i think you really needed the infrastructure of like disney who can just put like an insane amount of money i into think he could have i think he doesn't want to at this i don't point. think he wanted to he could have I mean, maybe he could have. That guy's amazing. That guy's so talented. And that guy's like, just doesn't give a fuck, which is great. And he does what he does and he feels how he feels. Are we talking about George Lucas? Sometimes he's wrong about his own shit, though. It started sounding like Ricky Gervais again. Both of them, man. They just, there's something great about fearless entertainment. Like, George Lucas will give an interview and they'll ask him, you know, just like Scorsese or all these old directors, they ask him about Me Too. And the guys come off as defensive and stupid and it's like they're trying to give an answer that is beyond their grasp because they don't have the language to really because a lot of that language has been come up with in the last 20 years and it's so uh they come off looking so stupid there was another guy at the golden globes an actor who said that he's tired of straight white males being vilified and the way he said it was so clunky and stupid but you know what he was going for it was taking a pretty disingenuously like he was basically like saying that this group is a there's a diversity of character within this group and i i'm kind of sick of anti-heroes as the only archetype for the show build around the straight white male and whatever and it's whatever you're allowed to have that opinion agree with it or disagree with it but yeah, he said it very clunkily, and he got vilified. And Lucas does the same thing, but he doesn't give a fuck. When people mischaracterize him, he's like, I know me, which that aspect of it is kind of beautiful. Dan Harmon's kind of in the same boat. I've been listening to a lot of interviews with Dan him. Harmon's great. Dan Harmon, and yeah. um, he but sometimes he says stuff clunkily, but he doesn't take it as a character assassination when people requote him out of context. He's, but I feel like. I don't know if it's purposeful, but he's he's very masterfully uh, used his clunkiness to his advantage. Yes, he's and like, it comes yeah, off. Clunky. That's what I love. George Lucas does the same thing. That's it's really smart. And it's just a masterful clunk. 
Adam Sandler. I interrupted you. What were you? Yeah. Uh, so you're saying that he uses his clunkiness for the same thing? Um, just that I think that's part of like, I think that's part of like his charm and part part yes. of his like charisma. I think Lucas invented that. You think so? Yeah, yeah, he's so good at that. I need a. I um maybe Stern invented it, but somebody maybe it was somebody old, and I'm just trying to give too much credit to the, where I first saw it. But yeah. yeah, yeah, who knows where that that is? Yeah, maybe King Richard invented. Who yeah, knows? maybe King Henry VIII. But yeah, uh, cool. Well, this was fun. Uh, it may I. I just my whole thing is if Iran doesn't attack us, we shouldn't declare war. Why are we going to declare war on them for them attacking us? Yeah, and or for it's, us attacking them. And it's also people wanted to like give Trump credit about like he's handling Iran so much better. It's like, it's, yo, we were in agreement with them that they would not make uh, nuclear weapons, and people were just like, we can't trust them, so let's just break the deal. And then we broke the deal, and they. I think they basically stuck to it for the most part, even after we got out, because other countries were still in it. Yeah, I don't know. It's the thing. The I don't know. I know that uh, if I don't you go know to, about that stuff, all I know about is what is the that's stuff it's that all I, part I've of it. I've never read the deal, but yeah, uh, the thing that people get upset about the deal is that Iran got a lot of money. Yeah, but it was their money. It was just unfrozen assets, and by getting out of the deal, I don't think that mean. I don't think we refroze assets. Yeah, I think they had the money. I think you know. Well, no, I yeah. So then it's just like, wait, so now we have nothing? We don't even have their word, and they still have the money? How was that a smart move? Yeah, no, I don't think Trump has handled a single uh, thing, thing, but specifically like an international relations issue well in the history of his presidency. No. He's really bad at that. I mean, actually, no, I'll say I don't hate how he's handled North Korea. This whole thing of like negotiating with the person, yeah, I, I think you should negotiate with people who – I don't think you should. Oh, I think you should definitely. I think you should definitely. That's that's the thing. Their job is the president. Imagine if customer service was like, we don't help Montanans anymore because they've been too crazy. Yeah. No, I think um, I agree with trying to negotiate with Kim Jong Un. I just think Trump's not the guy to be able to do it well. I don't know. He's kind of the right guy to negotiate with a psycho. I guess. But he shouldn't be. He should have to answer to somebody. You know what? Actually, that look, Trump should be in jail. But if he's not in jail, the thing he should be is the uh, and he should be in jail for putting children in cages. That's what he should be in jail for. But if he's not in jail, he should be the ambassador to North Korea. I think he would actually be excellent at that job. But he should be in jail. I still, I still prefer Dennis Rodman in that position. I'm surprised Dennis he Rodman isn't. Dennis Rodman did a good job of that. I bet you that Dennis was a Rodman, secret Obama Dennis, Dennis Rodman did more for the United more. States than George Washington. Max Marcus said it, and that's it for this week. <laughs> no, Dennis, Dennis Rodman should displace George Washington on the dollar bill, but not the penny. Wait, no, he's not on the penny. Not Wait, is he on the penny? He's on the quarter. Quarter. Yeah, that's it. Okay, well, now we know where I'm at. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening this week, and we'll see you next week.